0: When you think about your past or you think about your your current situation, and you've sort of filled in the blanks for other people, the way they respond to you, the things you got or didn't get, uh, those are stories that we create, and most of them are probably not true because they've...
1: Hi there, welcome to Finding Your Spark again. Today, my guest, JJ Flizanes is with us, and I am very happy to have her here. She is an empowerment strategist and the host of several podcasts, including People's Choice Awards nominee, Spirit, Purpose, and Energy. JJ Flizanes works with conscious, spiritual truth seekers who want to remove emotional blocks to success. Welcome, JJ. Thank you, Donalyn. I'm
0: excited to be here.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited that you're here as well. And, uh, you know, uh, this topic is really important for me, this how can joy help you to attract a life that you truly love, that you really, really love. And uh, it is absolutely central to my passage in these last few years. And I really look forward to hearing what you have to say about it.
0: Well, I'm excited to share. I'm excited excited to talk about this topic because of course, attraction and joy and emotions and happiness and love attraction. And I mean, really happiness, if I had to boil down what I do for people is I help them learn how to be happy. And uh, which I think is uh, why you do anything that you do anyway. So it really comes down to that. We All of our choices are made from a feeling of relief or a feeling of feeling better when we obtain or have the thing that we want. So I think we're all pointed in the right direction and it helps to get real specific real fast so we can jump over all the circumstances and hoops that you think you need to get there because you don't need any of them.
1: Yeah, I like that. I like that you're uh, in, in you know, learning about you, uh, that you talk a lot about law of attraction. And I think that that's a, a framework that can be very, very useful for people. Um, do you want to talk about that at all?
0: Sure. So for those that uh, have heard law of attraction before you probably know a little bit about what it is. And for those of you that haven't, uh, it's also considered quantum physics, uh, uh, more dialed specifically into our conscious creation when talking about law of attraction, but it is scientific. It's about frequency and vibration, which again is science. You know that when you turn your radio dial to a station that you want to hear, and you know if you turn it to in either direction away from that, you won't hear the music that you wanna hear. So we all understand sort of its science principles scientific principles when we're trying to watch a television show or listen to some music but we all emit a frequency and there's those frequencies we know them to be emotional emotions really are what our frequencies end up being and there's higher frequencies and lower frequencies obviously there's positive emotions and negative emotions and it really can be boiled down to quite that simple phrase of that you're the creator of your own reality And when I say that, I hope that everybody can hear that in that to me is possibility, not blame. So if you are living a situation or manifestations that you do not like, the good news is you can change it. It's not a blame or a shame or that even anything that's happened has been wrong or bad. It's all sort of led you here and uh, we can get into that a little bit more, but uh, this is The law of attraction as a title, as a system, if you will, for a lot they think it's a belief system and it's not a belief system, it's physics. And when we put it in physics terms and you start to understand that, we can pull out the sort of woo-woo aspect of it and we can really look at, again, the physics of what law of attraction really is. So if you've heard it before, if you think you've tried it before, it may not have been explained thoroughly enough or maybe there's some more explanation to do because people want to dumb it down a little bit. And, uh, And again, while it's super simple, there are nuances of really understanding how we Emit our frequencies and how we respond to things. So um, anyway, I'll just stop there because, again, there's a lot to to have and to learn and to do and to realize in new ways. And so I'd love to know what you would like to focus on or your audience and what you think they need in this situation.
1: We talk a lot on this podcast about above the line and below the line emotions. And I define that line in a very specific physical way in that the line is at the point where you are starting to actually make the chemicals of stress that is below the line right that's where our line is or you're starting to make the chemicals of joy of uh, contentment of uh, you know oxytocin and serotonin and all these things that we w- w- thrive within right With So that above the line and below the line conversation is my audience should be well familiar with. And in fact, I love that you bring up vibrational understanding in that I have my my original background is actually as a quantum biofeedback specialist from before I became a spiritual health coach and all the other things. Right. So that there's a there is a component at which we can measure physically. Is really important. The ability for us to measure what that probability is in us is uh, inherent. We can know it by feeling. We can measure it by sophisticated equipment. And all of that gives us a way to have a more in depth relationship with ourselves, really. Um, And so for that kind of idea of building a life that is a life that you want. A lot of times when people talk like that, they they think that what we're talking about is getting the car and the house and the pool and all the things, right? And the husband and the this and the that, right? We want all the things. And the things are very cool. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But the things are not the thing that makes you actually have a life you love, Right and so one of the things that I was excited about talking to you about with this is that uh just from having listened to your podcasts I feel like you have a perspective on that um relationship between uh, that is similar to my own, that is the relationship between those upper emotions, right? Those emotions that we on purpose cultivate if we are really conscious and by accident cultivate if we're not really conscious, uh, it, those emotions that are above that line are really what brings us in the direction of the life that we love, Right. I, I know one one practitioner that calls it loving the life you love. Right. So. Uh, so, yeah. So I just I thought that would be a really fun thing to talk to you about.
0: Absolutely. Well, you know, I think what you're describing, not the above the line and below the line, but in terms of, like you said, the car and the house and the, and the material things are the circumstances. And the problem when is when you are looking at your circumstances to dictate your feelings, it's almost like when I was a trainer I would tell my clients not to get on the scale because the scale would dictate whether they'd be happy or not. And it really shouldn't matter what the number of the scale says because you don't even know what the number says anyway. Like you don't know how much fat versus muscle versus bones and joints and, uh, you know, matter with inside your body, like your organs. Like there are so many different ways you can measure your mass and what that breaks down into. And when you look at a scale, you don't know what you've lost or gained. But people want to make assumptions and then they attach a feeling to that because they've they've interpreted that to mean something. And the fun thing that I'm gonna get to say is that most of your interpretations are probably wrong. Like everybody, like all the things that make you crazy or that you feel sad about, When you think about your past or you think about your your current situation and you've sort of filled in the blanks for other people, the way they respond to you, the things you got or didn't get. uh, Those are stories that we create, and most of them are probably not true because they've not been validated. You haven't asked the person, hey, when you did this, is this what you meant by it? Or, you know, we just make all these assumptions in our head. So when we're looking at this attachment, because they're attachments and it's conditional love, not unconditional love. Most people think they understand unconditional love. They do not because their love is conditional. If you're treating me a certain way, or if I have certain things, or if my bank account says this, then I could be happy. And we have to, and in order for us to break through this, we have to reevaluate what we think that all means and to have a broader perspective than a lot of us have. You know, you've gone through some tragedy as well as everybody else has. There's traumas and tragedies and all, we've all lost people, we've all had grief, we've all either gotten divorced or had someone die or lost a parent or a child or a loved one. And when we look at the world from the, the vantage point of sort of our small, eye, ego, mindset and world, you know, it's a very small world And of course, we're going to make lots of interpretations of loss and things are not right and something bad happened. But if we take that perspective and we triple, quadruple, hundred, exit out to look at the earth, the world, our souls from a different point of view, we get to see a whole nother perspective, which may answer questions or feel a lot better in your interpretation than again, our circumstantial conditional living. And when we, and again, when it comes back to the things that we even have the ability to interpret, that's where this vibrational frequency comes into play. You really understand it when you're in a situation with a group of people or another person and something happens and you witness it and you notice the different interpretations. You ask somebody, what did you just interpret and how did that feel and why? And then you see yours or somebody else's and you were all looking at the same thing But you have very different stories about it, very different emotional reactions to it, and all of a sudden, frequency becomes very clear frequency of what I'm what I'm even able to realize in this moment because it's what I'm tuning into. The people that are looking for something bad to happen all the time are tuning into where is there a problem. They're not looking at where something good's gonna happen. They're not looking for the miracle in the situation because they're not at that frequency. They're literally looking for it's the I used to tell this story when I would talk at different corporations about the power of positivity. Uh, I would say, how many of you, because I couldn't really talk about law of attraction necessarily at Verizon, but I would ask them, how many of you have recently or in the last year or two years bought a new car? And hands would go up and i said, say, do you remember that before you bought your car, you were thinking about what car to buy? And then after you bought your car, you saw it everywhere and you're like, oh my God, that's my car. Oh my God, that person has my car. Do you think that everybody bought the same car at the same time? No, you were tuned to, you were on the frequency of, you were looking for that car and now all of a sudden you see it everywhere. And that just very basic phenomenon makes people realize that whatever you're tuned to is what you will experience and what you will find.
1: Yeah, I always find it a compliment when people try to give me the insult of telling me that I live in a bubble. (laughs) I'm like, woohoo, yes, I do. I live in my bubble. I made this bubble. And you like it there. You like it there. (laughs) And And I made it. I made this happen, right? I decided to use my mind, my body, my spirit to move in a direction that I wanted to be going in. And I was unwilling. And I think that that's part of what you're alluding to here, to turn my focus in the direction where other people are want me to look, right? Because everybody wants you to look at tragedy and worry and stress and the daily bad news report, you know, all of it, right? It all adds up when you're trying to go in one direction. And when you have that focus, and the emotional component to back it up, right? Because we think of the emotional component, the heart energy, literal heart energy as the magnet that draws it to us, right? So I love that 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 you're talking about that. So So let's talk a little bit about uh, sort of cultivating emotions. Do you, is this the kind of thing that you do in your practice? I know it's a big part of my world and uh, that's why
0: I figured it was. Yeah. Let's talk about the word cultivate a little bit, because while I love the word cultivate, I think where people have a lack of consciousness or awareness, because again, the paradigm is so strong that we sort of live in a victim mentality of things happen to us versus things happen for us or because of us. And and it's very simple, you know, it's really only two ways to look at life. Either things happen to me and I have no control, or I attract them, and I somehow manifest them, or I've laid them out for myself spiritually to come incarnate in this lifetime and learn these lessons. There's really only two ways. And in per situation, people can switch. They can say, well, when it comes to relationships, uh, that person did that to me, right? Versus in the world, maybe looking at your uh, situation, whether it be your money, or your where you live, or your your parents, or your, your loved ones. But really, there's only just two ways uh, to look at to look at life, I think, in that way. And when you catch yourself, when you understand what victim mentality is, and it's okay if you want to, if that's what you choose, understand that you chose it though, and that means you feel disempowered. But when we talk about emotions, people think emotions happen first. Emotions don't happen first. First, we have a thought or we're observing something, or we have a memory, and it could be subconscious. So maybe you're not conscious of it. Something that you see triggers a memory subconsciously that you are not aware of, but it, it is never emotions first. It is always an observation, a memory, or some kind of trigger of a memory that's subconscious that happens first. And then that that idea passes through your interpretation funnels, right? And there are so many factors of interpretation. Birth order, socioeconomic, Uh, astrological, human design, uh, like your your modeling, your education, your there's so many different factors that influence your interpretations. And then after you go through the filter of your interpretations, then after you interpret it because it means something to you, then you have an emotion as a reaction to the interpretation. But people think that emotion just float in the world, like, oh, well, one minute I wasn't feeling this and next, next minute I'm feeling this. Like, that's not, okay. <laughs> so let's dial it back for a second and and think, well, what just happened? Or what emotion just came up? And then we can look back at what happened and maybe find a different interpretation after we've processed our emotion. So I think people get confused about emotion. They think, well, I just have these feelings. I have to get these feelings off my chest. And it's like, okay, back up for a second. First, we need to look at why you've interpreted this way and is it actually accurate? And it's been really fun recently. I've got a bunch of groups that I do, like six-month group train um, programs, coaching programs, and a small three-month one that I'm doing. And I've been able to like wipe away 30 years of pain in one little interpretation switch. You swap out how you see it, and all of a sudden, we have replaced anger and pain with joy and love at a degree that one has never felt before. And it's all, again, in that interpretation. So I'm cultivating emotions... I'm gonna say I would like to cultivate their frequency and the focus, like you mentioned, the, the brilliant focus of I can, we all live in our own bubbles. Every single person in your life lives in their own bubble. And sometimes our bubbles intersect, sometimes they clash, sometimes you never see that person because your bubbles are so different. They're on different frequencies, right? But we all live in our own bubble. And when it comes to making a choice, a choice about where you put your focus, what you're paying attention to, the things that you're observing, the things you're thinking about, the words you're saying, the stories you're telling, those are all your conscious choice. And those all cultivate emotions and frequencies of where you live. And that's and so why I love the cultivation of emotional frequency to say and to choose consciously that I'm going to decide that feeling good is my number one priority. And I'm going to not pay attention to all the circumstances because it's not going to be the same for me. And half the time we're reacting to other people's circumstances that aren't even ours. And we're getting all upset about it. So we're, putting, we're in our own way of getting the things that we want and even getting the feelings that we want because we're so distracted by other people's stories because we don't allow in more love, joy, success, and abundance. And that's the other part of law of attraction that I really love working with over the last five years is that there's the, okay, how do I get into a frequency that is feels good that allows more in and then there's the how do i work on myself to allow it in because i can attract it but if i don't feel worthy of it i will sabotage it and release it because i don't feel worthy of it so there's both of those parts are necessary not only the attraction piece but the keeping piece the piece where it says oh i've attracted this now i'm going to learn how to receive it which is a muscle just like exercising in the gym, that you will need to learn to expand in order for you to get more. Because you can't say you want more and then it comes to you and then you sabotage it. You're like, well, it keeps coming, but I keep screwing it up. So we have to learn how to allow in more. And I think that's another really key piece about law of attraction and manifestation that I think I might do a little differently than other people because everybody wants to focus on the the affirmations and the thought and the feelings, but there's also the beliefs that stop you from receiving.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. If you're not, uh, if it's not a part of your, if it's not in your bubble, (laughs) right? If it's not a part of your world, your imaginable world, then it doesn't, it can't exist in a long term way for you. Absolutely. And there are, uh, as you say, no amount of affirmations or positive thinking that will get you there, right? So this process that we're going through between Uh, Being in reality, observing reality, being in our bodies, observing our bodies' reaction to reality, and then raising that awareness to such a high level, as you mentioned, and then really saying, okay, what am I going to be deliberate about here? In what way am I going to participate with my body, with my mind, with my spirit, and with the outside world? But the outside world is absolutely not the place that we start, right? There's has a lot of work to do in here before we even get to there. And I also love that you bring up that you can really just turn the kaleidoscope, right? And this is true of past Present and even future ideas of who you are. Uh, I love there's, there was a study where they, they uh, studied how many different uh, interpretations of a memory there were from people, right? And every single person had a different perspective. They said something different happened completely. Something different happened, right? So most of what we remember is a lie anyway. So, so let's try to uh, shift what's inside and then work on that memory and then say, okay, what, what do we think really happened? Or is it even worth going back to? And that really depends on the level of trauma and other things that are going on in that um, scenario, how, how how tightly
0: clung we are to it. I know, I noticed, and I really learned frequency with my ex-husband when we were watching a scene with a friend, with like some friends and his friends and, and what I, I want to say about like whether it's accurate or not, like his reality that he saw existed, I just wasn't in that frequency, so I wasn't interpreting it at, in the same way. And so it didn't, I thought it was really interesting what he said. Did you see them trying to whatever? And I thought, no, I didn't. But I didn't doubt that he, that it was true, but it wasn't in my reality because I wasn't at that frequency. He was looking for something going wrong, something sly, something, you know, not right. And I remember having this conversation, it was really the embodiment of frequency in that very moment. And I think that's, again, when we can elevate our interpretation to see it from another perspective it's not that we're completely wrong we just have we have one perspective that we've decided is true and that nothing else exists and so that gets in our way of feeling these positive feelings that everybody wants because the only reason you do anything that you do there's a uh, my i have a couple very famous abraham quotes but the one i use the most and i have everyone repeat and everybody write down is that the only reason that you want what you want is because you think you'll feel better when you have it. And that's it. And if we can just remember that, it dials it back to why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Am I in, am I, I have, to, because you have to actually feel the feelings before you can receive it anyway. And by the time you feel the feelings, you don't even need it. And it's very empowering, I think, to, to let go of thinking I have to have certain things to feel a certain way. No, it's reverse. You have to feel it before you get it. And when you feel it, you don't need it. Isn't that freeing? To so know you can do it right now instead of you have to work to get somewhere in order to feel better. Nope, that's not how that works.
1: Yeah, this comes up a lot when I work with people about inspiration, right? So people feel like they are inspired to action quite often and they are actually inspired to that action that brings them something that they think they do not want. But it is what they match up with, right? It is what they expect of the world. It is built on their belief systems. It is maybe even built on something from that sort of, uh, you know, early childhood expectation where we kind of got programmed, right? We didn't didn't go back and reprogram any of that yet. Um, So we go like, uh, but I felt so inspired. Uh, yeah, yeah, you were inspired, but you didn't get yourself into that vibrational frequency of the thing that you actually want to be feeling before you allowed yourself to be inspired. So that idea that... um that we can get off course, even when it feels like inspiration, is I think really important in that search for joy, right? Because a lot of people feel like, "Whoa, I felt a lift. That was joy. That's that feels really good." In fact, a lot of times when I first talk to uh, people who become my clients, they'll say that they have a lot of joy until we start working together, and then they go, "Oh, that level of joy. Oh, I didn't realize that was possible." You know, and so that sort of lifting of that veil is really, really important.
0: I did a show, it's like I think it's episode 118 of Fit to Love. Anyway, I reference it all the time. It's called Three Steps to Effective Communication. But it goes back to this piece of really in knowing what you're feeling. Because I think if you were to ask most people, what what are you feeling right now? I think we probably have a vocabulary at our fingertips of maybe five to six different emotions. (laughs) Happy, angry, sad, annoyed, right? And there's actually, I have a list. There is over like 100 feeling words. And uh, and then the next step. So it's it's a three step process that I use for people to start to uncover. And it's so funny because it's the simplest exercise. It's based on the work of Dr. Marshall Rosenberg and nonviolent communication. Simplest exercise. People think, oh, this is easy, and it is the hardest exercise for people to do. Not for the emotional identification, but for the need. And I think that's what gets in people's way is that they don't understand that when you feel a negative emotion, the only time, the only time you feel negative emotion, is when there's a need. Or the perception of a need not being met. So let's say we have loss and grief. Let's use your your situation, right? When when we have someone and we lose them, uh, whether it be animal or person or child, or, you know, there's there's loss, there's grief. We're sad. We're sad because we have we no longer can experience a physical reality with this person and our our thoughts about that, our memories about that, our fears of the future about that, create the sadness and the grief because we feel a piece of us is now different and change. And we didn't really, we didn't, we had nothing that we could do about it. We didn't want it to change, but it changed anyway. We feel a little powerless and and again, sad because our new reality has happened. But when we're looking at other situations where there isn't necessarily that kind of loss, but let's just say a circumstantial situation with a boss or a fight with a friend or a fight with your kid, and we're looking at our emotions and we, we get into this righteous place of that, you know that you've hurt my feelings, or you know that you've done something bad or wrong. And most of the time we're all fighting about something that it's very different. Our needs are very different. So this three step process helps people to understand that A, to identify the emotion because the frequency of, of annoyed or irritated is a much different frequency than rage. So we can't just say I'm mad when we say when you understand that, oh, I'm just a slightly irritated or I have rage, then what we do about it is going to change. So the first step is to ask, what am I feeling about this situation? The second step is to ask what need is not being met, or again, the perception of a need not being met, someone who I think is taking power away from me, or somebody who is telling me or controlling me in a way. So the need, and there are 86 basic human needs, and that's like shelter and laughter and right, those and not needy, not needy like I'm dependent, just a need. I have a need. I have a need for freedom. I have a need for ease and joy and laughter and shelter and food and water and to be an acknowledgement and purpose and understanding. So when we look at what need is not being met, the third step is to create a strategy, actually to create more strategies than one, to get the need met that does not require anyone else to be different. And when people can really take responsibility for their emotions on a much deeper level like that. Identify what need is not being met and then get it met. You, you, you solve the problem. When you solve the problem, the feelings change. And then you feel like, oh my God, I can get my needs met. I don't need anybody else to change. I don't need to yell at the world or, or guilt trip somebody or threaten somebody into behaving in a different way because it doesn't matter what they do because the need is not attached to them. The need is in me. And so I think when we look at emotional intelligence for me and responsibility of emotions in response to the world, uh, we we do too much trying to control other people and circumstances when we want to bring it home to say, I am capable. And I can get my needs met when I know what they are. If I don't know what they are, then I'm going to feel really helpless and powerless and frustrated. And then and then it's going to perpetuate until I, don't know, until I guilt trip somebody into behaving in a way that pleases me. So th- I think that's another level of understanding how to utilize the power of law of attraction in quantum physics. Because if you don't understand how to change your emotions, if you don't understand how to get your needs met, sometimes we cycle through the same story over and over again, because we don't know, we don't really know what the need is. We just know that I'm mad and it's because you did that. And so stop doing that. Well, what do you mean you're going to stop doing that? Right? So we don't actually problem solve it enough to move on from it and to allow our emotions to sort of raise to that upper, above the line emotions.
1: Yeah, there's definitely uh, a lot of work to be done on the internal, uh, you know, landscape before we can get to that external landscape in a way that isn't filled with landmines you know um uh, you know you also remind me of uh, what I call what's happening when you're doing the dishes right it's like what what what's really going on in us when we are in those unconscious moments where we're doing the housework or we're doing things that are rote so we we are not present we're not fully present sometimes, and that if we work in that space quite often we can make such a huge impact that those really contentious moments can change without the confrontation without like that whole internal landscape can sort of the twist of the kaleidoscope, as we said. Also, I love that you brought up that things get coupled together, right? There's this whole thing I do with decoupling uh, ideas where we are attached, we have attached ideas that don't actually go together. Like, Uh, you're not coming to dinner, and therefore I will be lonely, right? (laughs) No, those two things are not necessarily connected to one another, you have connected them. And when we disconnect them and sort of can look at the details of what's happening here, then you can make choices, as you've said, that are in support of the place that you'd really like to to go emotionally, the, the life that you'd really like to live. So that's great. Well, I want to thank you so much for being here with me today. Uh, Let everybody know how can they get in touch with you.
0: My website, jjflazanes.com, everything's there. So the the feelings and needs list I just referenced is jjflazanes.com forward slash feelings list. Super. Well,
1: thank you so much for being here today. I want to remind everybody that if you do want to take a little deeper dive on knowing yourself and exploring uh, just how joyous you are and what's going on in your life, please feel free to go to joyousonpurpose.com and fill out the questionnaire. You will learn a lot. I will learn a lot and we will get to connect. Thank you so much.